Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of Generation GC, Ghost of You from the Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album released in 2004, with my guest, Simon Trespalacios. My name is Molly Huddleston once again, and as always, I'm your host as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. And wow, it feels so good to be back! I last released episodes of Generation GC, the two-part episode on Hold On, back in December. It's March now as you're listening to this, and I'm so happy to be sharing these new episodes with you. I've spent the past several weeks recording a few new episodes, and I am so excited to be sharing this next batch of episodes with you. You'll hear a new episode every week for six weeks in a row, then I'm going to go back and record about six more episodes. Then you'll hear those episodes for uh, six weeks straight, then uh, more hibernation and recording. I hope that makes sense, but I'll keep it updated on the socials, and you'll see on the socials when to expect new episodes. As I previously said, last time at the end of 2021, we talked about Hold On from The Young and the Hopeless, and on our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. Simon Trespalacios is a musician and academically trained composer and arranger, and self-taught producer from Always Summer, Catalina, Colombia. He has congenital amusia and vocal confrontation, and he managed to finish music college. Simon discovered GC when he was seven or eight, maybe even six years old, so he was pretty young. I had so much fun talking to Simon on this episode. This song, you know, definitely can get pretty serious, but the the reviews and all the dialogue around it, there was just a lot of entertainment, a lot of fun to be had in our discussion, and I think you're going to like listening to this. I also wanted to say that I love having guests from all around the world and from all different backgrounds on Generation GC. While Simon is not our first guest from South America, he is our first guest coming from Colombia, which is so cool. In 2022, I'd really love to see as many countries as possible represented on this show. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, you're good to go. And in addition to, you know, location in different countries, I really want to make sure that I'm just sharing a variety of different backgrounds on Generation GC. You know, that means uh, folks of different gender and sexualities, uh, fans of different ages, fans with their own unique life experiences of any sort. It is my goal for everyone listening to this show to feel like they are represented. So if you're listening to this show and, you know, you think you might make a great guest, hey, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. I also want to continue mentioning blacklivesmatters.card.co, antisemitism.card.co, and antiasianviolenceresources.card.co. Those will all be linked in the show notes. Uh, and I just think it's really important to keep educating ourselves and stay up to date on what's going on in the world. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. If you do want a sticker, there's two things you can do. Number one, support the show on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. All of that money goes right back into helping make the show the best that it can be. It helps me buy new equipment for the show, such as laptop riser, notebooks. I take notes on paper and pen sometimes, hard drives to back everything up, headphones, etc. It also helps me print and ship these stickers. Number two, you can make a charitable donation. When I was discussing this with Simon, he mentioned the importance of accessible mental health care for low-income individuals. I talk about mental health and the importance of recognizing that and reaching out and getting treatment, but something we have to add to that conversation is that 
reaching out isn't always enough. In the U.S., many people are either uninsured or underinsured, and many providers either have a long waiting list or some of them don't even take insurance. I learned that recently and I was shocked. In countries that have universal health care, oftentimes people face long waiting lists or providers that only want to take, you know, private insurance that not everyone has access to or can't afford. And this is not even to mention that in some areas, regardless of insurance, resources are hard to come by. Not to mention, I mean, navigating this system is not always easy or straightforward. It's not always clear who you have to call, when you should call them, or what information you need to get an appointment to get treatment. Talk therapy and medication, as well as behavioral and lifestyle interventions, can make a world of difference, but they have to be accessible. With all that being said, today I'm going to ask you to donate to the American Psychoanalytic Institute. They have a whole list of low-fee clinics on their website at APSA.org. I'll link that in the show notes. And if you'd like to donate, you can visit APSAgiving.org and donate. And that just helps continue to fund all of this. So you're going to support the show on Anchor, or you're going to donate to the American Psychoanalytic Institute. So you're going to send me a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation, as well as your mailing address, and I will send you some stickers. Easy as that, right? Pretty cool. Uh, you can also keep up with Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll sometimes post additional ways you can get stickers on socials as well. I'm also going to link some more resources for low-cost and free mental health clinics in the show notes. Those are going to be Open Path Psychotherapy Collective and needy meds. So I'll have those links. So please explore that if you're feeling like you could really use some help, but you're not sure if you have the resources. I I really encourage you to to visit American Psychoanalytic Institute, Open Path Psychotherapy Collective, or needy meds. Well, that is about it for our intro. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to episode 85. So Ghosts of You is track six on the Chronicles of Life and Death, Good Charlotte's third album released in 2004. Track five is I Just Want to Live. Track seven is Predictable. Um, And I was thinking about this track listing, which I I think it does come up in some of the um, album reviews that we're going to read later on. But Ghost of You and Predictable, like they're, they're both two songs about kind of like being left behind in some way, right? Um, yeah. So it kind of makes sense to me that those two are together, but it's wild going from I Just Want to Live to Ghost of You. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I think that this is something that I feel happens with uh, Guitar Love uh, albums, like the song listing on yeah. albums that like they they finished i don't know maybe a, a happy song and boom sad song yeah or vice versa it's a sad song and boop, 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 the next time <laughs> right we've we've talked about that with uh hold on i need to pull up the track listing but i know we've talked about that with youth authority yeah i'm playing up the track listing right now because i'm like Okay, so Youth Authority, 
Yeah. So youth authority, it's like you have the outfield and cars full of people, which are very sentimental, right? And then war, which is like very intense, like almost angry sounding. And then moving on, which is also very sentimental and nostalgic. (laughs) You're right. They do like to like mix it up. Yeah. The the orders. I don't I think it's on the young and the hopeless, like it's super, super sad. And then boom, happy song. Yeah. Well, right. Like hold on into Riot Girl. Yes. I was thinking right about that one. Yeah. I know it's it's funny. Yeah. So Ghost of You was not a single, but it has been played live. Um, according to setlist.fm, it's ranked number 46 of Guitarlist's most played songs. And according to setlist.fm, it hasn't been played live since 2005. It it looks like they played it around the US, Japan, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, but yeah, you know, it kind of makes sense. It wasn't like a quote unquote big song from this album. So it's not too surprising to me that it didn't, you know, make the cut for set lists kind of going forward, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird song. It weird. is. It is. And I, I'm kind of excited to dive into like some of the arrangement and, and the writing of it with you, because I feel like as a producer and, and composer, I feel like you're going to have uh, some some cool insight. This song, it, what I found in my research that was that this song was written by Benji and Joel Madden and Billy Martin. Um, and I feel like it comes as no surprise that Billy was a part of writing this song because yeah. this is such a Billy song. Like, this is so goth. This is the most Billy song, I think. Yeah. I think this is the most Billy song. Well, like, I know he wrote uh, Where Would We Be Now? And that's like a piano song. Um, But like, I don't know, talking about the ghosts of you, like just the whole themes of this song are so Billy. Billy Billy really, really got to shine on on this album in a lot of ways. I mean, wasn't the art direction all Mm -hmm. work? Yeah. 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 Um, well, yeah, well, we have a lot to talk about with Ghost of You, but Simone, I really want to help our guests get to know you. So the first question I like to ask everyone is, when did you first hear Good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? I first heard them like randomly uh, changing channels. I'm like, oh, MTV, my cousin is watching MTV. Okay, left it there. I have no idea what was playing. And right after that, it was uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And I was, yeah, around the six, seven, eight years old. I watched it, I was, wow, that's cool. And ah, that's a cool haircut. Did you did you go up to your parents like mom and dad? I want my hair like that with the Liberty spikes <laughs> and the the green and the pink. Uh, no, I think I think my dad came in and was like he was saying, "Huh, what what a cool song! What is it?" And I'm like, "The TV," and he was like, 
okay, what a weird haircut. <laughs> no, dad, it's cool. Yeah. And I don't know, he was like, well, okay, my job's done. And who wants to do whatever he was doing at, at the moment? <laughs> so did your parents become GC fans with you? Mm, not really, but they, they do mostly my dad. Your dad, he okay. Does, he does enjoy some G songs. Not like he, he will go out of his way and put it on his playlist on Spotify, but when I'm listening to music and at the moment, like a GC song comes in, he will like maybe like tap a little bit this, the, the drums, maybe. Sure, but sure. Does, maybe like the popular songs. Okay. So maybe yeah. not a song like this. This is not a poppy song, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they they care much about this one. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But yeah. Well, I also like to ask my guests, have you ever seen Good Charlotte live? No. Oh. I've, I've never seen it live. And I don't think they have ever been to Colombia. Mm. I'm not sure. I, I've not seen, like, I I have tried looking and I don't know, maybe they did or. Have, uh, have, they, have they played like elsewhere in South America or do they like, I, I know they've done, you know, obviously North America, Europe, Japan, Australia, a bunch, but I wasn't sure if they had been to South America. I mean, really. or. Uh, for Latin America, sure, Mexico, right, 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 Brazil and Argentina, like those are the, the go-to places for South America and well, Latin America in general, right, right, like so. Someday, know. someday, <laughs> I really don't know when when international travel well, is safe. I'm 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 crossing my fingers well, for you. I I will be moving soon to Canada, so I hope they start. Uh, they really something new, so I can go watch them. Yeah, well, they. I don't. I don't know if you know where in Canada you're gonna move, but I do know that uh, they've played the Click live in Toronto like a couple times. I think. Well, Simon, you're our first guest from Colombia, although not our first guest from you know Latin America. But I would really love to know, like. Does Good Charlotte have a lot of fans in Colombia? Like, are they pretty popular? Or not at all? Really? Everywhere. Really? I mean, they they had some radio play mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for lifestyles. I remember that. Sure. I was like, what? what? They play rock on radio here. What? And and I mean it more like. I am from Cartagena and it still isn't a rock friendly place. I don't know if you could call it that. Like mm -hmm. it's very weird. Like there's only one radio station that plays rock and that's a college radio. Oh wow. Station. So that's about it. And this wasn't a uh, and, I, and I'm trying to remember what station it was, 
because it, it was this was back then so i don't know a <laughs> long time ago yeah memory and yeah like they they were i know they played lifestyles and i just want to live those were the two songs that they played on radio here in cartagena which is really weird and yeah like there's not a big gc fandom here in in colombia in general mm-hmm. like i know there's people like yeah they grew up listening to to pop punk and all that and yeah there's gc i like these songs blah, blah, but i don't know there's not a yeah anything <laughs> gotcha so it's it's not like you know, I mean, re- as you know, you know, in, in the U.S. and Canada, Australia, there's like all these groups of GC fans. And, you know, we had things like I think it probably helped that we had things like Warp Tour, where you could just discover all these other bands that sounded, you know, like yeah. other pop punk bands. Um, so what kind of music was popular, like with your peers when you were growing up? I mean, at the moment, uh, maybe people that are right now in the late thirties and up to late twenties, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, there, there was a lot of, uh, pop punk, uh, punk rock in general, a little bit of post hardcore and new metal. Like if you listen to rock and you are about that age range, yeah, you listen to that stuff, and also like you can add in, I don't know, some grunge and, and I don't know, the quote unquote classics from from the eighties and nineties. Gotcha. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's mainly like whatever it's popular in the U.S. It came here. Okay. And for example, Blink here has always been big. It's it's always been big with with rock fans because all like i i'm not really any a fan of any pop punk banks here from colombia really uh because i'm not a big fan of blink really so, a blink fan oh my god yeah. i'm not really oh, i feel like we might have so. talked about that maybe I don't know because I know we've we've talked on on Instagram a bunch about music. Yeah, and most bands sounded like Blink, so I'm like, eh. I don't like I don't <laughs> like Blink, so why would I like this band that sounds like Blink? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, just to switch tracks a little, um, I would just love to hear about your academic training. You know, music college and training as a composer and and teaching yourself to be a producer like how what what came first from that world was it like the teaching yourself to be a producer or did you kind of go to music college first how how did that come yeah i went to music college first i i started with cello like that's my main instrument play cello uh but i don't enjoy much being in the classical quote-unquote classical music (laughs) world I, I've never enjoyed like I I can enjoy listening to something very rarely I enjoy it listening but I much rather like play or listen to jazz rock 
that stuff. So I went that way with with all my instruments. And yeah, I I decided that I wanted to go through like I know like you will say like specializing arrangement and and composing maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I went that that way because I have uh genital amusa which the easiest way to play it is I'm colorblind, but for your ears. So something like that. Does that mean like I, I'm does that mean like if you hear a note, like if you hear a note, you don't know, like you can't tell one note from the other kind of? I, I'm trying to understand. Yeah, it's it's weird because like if you just play a note. Only if it's a D, I can, I can like say, okay, that's a D. But any other note without another reference, I'm like, nice note. Okay. Yeah, but, okay. but, and also like, yeah, intervals between, between notes, like they. Like the scales. All, yeah. Like, like you play two notes at the same time. I'm like. Can you play again? And also like recognizing chords, like if it's a major or minor or blah, 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 like all the different kinds of chords. It yeah. takes me a while, like you have to play it and keep it there for me like to be, da, 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 da. okay, yeah. But, but yeah, like, like going to college, like uh, there is a, class I had, which was ear training that that helped me a lot with my congenital amnesia. Really? Okay. So now it's not that slow for me to, to get what chord it is. I still suck at playing things by ear because of it, but sure. yeah. It, it sounds like whereas someone with, I guess, perfect pitch can automatically identify like any note you're you're kind of on a different end of that spectrum where it's a lot more challenging which i can imagine made you know some of you know i'm sure some of what you studied in music college i'm sure that must have been difficult but it sounds like ear training kind of has while it it, you know obviously it doesn't erase you know any anything going on but the ear training it sounds like helped you learn how to identify notes and, and yeah intervals. and also uh i started playing bass like just to start focusing on the lower notes that because sure. that helps a lot uh with identifying chords okay like like going to the lower note that so i started playing bass and that also helped me a lot and also i I started uh, taking uh, vocal lessons in college and that also helped because I had to use my body myself to to make music so that also helped me like to be aware of pitch differences yeah 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 I I never would have like even thought of that but but as you're explaining that 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 makes a lot of sense why that could really just help your awareness yeah, so that the all those things that that, that helped me, but it's something that 
it's always there. So sure, sure. when people are like, okay, let's jam. And I like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, that's why I went the composer arranger route, because I'm not like with this, I have difficulty like playing. Okay. Like just jamming, I have, yeah, it's, it's a hard time. And in general, like starting to learn a song, it's slow. It starts slow, but yeah, it goes better exponentially. Gotcha. Well, thank you for, you know, kind of sharing some of your experiences there. I, I really love hearing about, you know, how you, you know, made it work and, and really learned to excel in music college. Um, I would love to dive into Ghost of You now. Um, so let's do it. So, I mean, Simone, we, we connected, I don't know if it was like 2021 or if it was even back in 2020, but I know that we've, you know, chatted just here and there on Instagram for, for a while. Um, yeah. And you were a part of the hold on episodes and I'm so excited to finally have you on for a full episode. Um, why did yeah. you want to talk about ghost of you? Well, it's, Oh, it's a weird song. That's why I chose it. Like I like weird music. This is not weird music, but for GC, it's weird music. What makes you say that? First of all, the, the instrumentation, like the choices for, even if it's uh, sampled instruments, like played on keyboards or just programmed on whatever DAW they use to record the, the song, it's, it's odd, like it's, it's it's weird like having church organs and the weird flute for the intro which i've been listening to on on a loop trying to find what instrument it is like it's some kind of flute yeah but is it and is it actually a flute and this is like something i had written down like you know when i was 13 and this album came out i was positive it was a real flute but as I listen now, like, I, I'm not sure if it's an actual flute or if it was like a synthesizer with that kind of tone. I think they, they sampled it, I don't know, like blowing mm. on, on a bottle. That's, oh, okay. That's what it sounds to me. Like they sampled it and put it on the keyboard and play it. That's what I okay. think. Okay. Okay. That, that I mean, sounds. As a, as a producer, I, I think that's what they did. I'm not sure what they did. <laughs> That sounds like something I feel like Billy would come up with for sure. Uh, Billy song. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's a goth song with some some you know interesting like synthesizer samples. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, it's definitely a weird song. I mean, we'll we'll go into like the lyrics and the interpretation in a bit, but in terms of like the the instrumentation and everything. A couple other things I noted were, I actually didn't even have this in my notes, but there's some percussion effect that sound, there's like clapping. I don't know if it's clapping or if it's just oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? It's like. Yeah. Right. Why would this snare? Yeah. Oh, no. The clap. Okay. 
yeah, yeah. But also with this nerd, they, there's like a, I don't know, I know, like they have this nerd, but it triggers also a clap and yes, a okay, tambourine maybe something like that. Like mm. with this nerd, there's this, this I don't know, kind of like sound. Yes, with yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. But also the the claps, like it it also like puts me off because it's a sad, sad song, but but then you have know, these they, like they claps. Finish, yeah. They finish a phrase and I right. know and I, <laughs> I I usually have that 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 tap tap thing associated with I don't know, like like American oldies. Like mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure what what style it is, but like what I don't know you will call grandpa music, maybe. Okay. Great grandpa music, something like that. I'm not sure, but yeah, for me it's like okay, but it works. Yeah, no, it totally works. Um, it is a kind of thing that, like, taken out of context, the claps that sounds like something that you wouldn't think would belong in this song but in the context of this song like it sounds natural i think it really works the only yeah. the the other thing i had noted in terms of like arrangement was the vocals on this song specifically in the bridge of this song uh when he says, and I'm not looking for anything but us, anything but what we were, and I'm not asking for painted memories. I only want to know you're here. And he holds that last note, the here, he holds that for a while. It almost sounds to me like, you know, he, he's like at the end of a long hallway and he's singing. And I'm so curious how that was recorded. Like, did they record that in a special type of room to get the right like echoes and everything? Or was that effects that were added after or was it like a certain thing on the microphone hmm. like but that i feel like that that adds such a value to that song the, the way the vocals sound in that bridge hmm. do we know where where it was recorded like i the album in general or this song in, in specific i think let me let me like look up real quick but I think because, this was I mean, also recorded with uh, Eric Valentine at uh, Barefoot Studios in Los Angeles. But let me check. Yeah, it was recorded at Barefoot Studios in Hollywood, California uh, with Eric Valentine, which Eric okay. Valentine also produced Young and the Hopeless. Um, and I believe that was also recorded at Barefoot Studios. Okay. Yeah, because, oh, I mean, you could do it either way. Like, yeah, I've seen enough, like, band documentaries with in recording studios or when they're recording albums, like, going to big warehouses or, yeah, I don't know, like, a mansion that or working like a as a studio. To hear the echoes. Or a church, yeah. And use the natural reverb of the place yes but you could also do it with like plugins yeah or in yeah. the studio they have a the reverb room to make it okay. i know i i think like in, in this case it was i don't know we've not in in, in 
place and her maybe it was in the vocal booth and after that just processing gotcha okay well let's let's talk about like some of the lyrics with this song um did you have like a favorite line from ghost of you Hmm. not particularly like there's nothing like with the lyrics that i'm like crazy about Mm -hmm. it's i mean it it makes me think like what are they really talking about like yeah but there's nothing like there that has me like oh right to my heart gotcha i i know (laughs) i i will say I know I mentioned this in terms of the vocal effects, but the line in the bridge where he says, I only want to know you're here, like that, ugh, that just gets me every time. Um, <laughs> well, I want to talk about like what this song is about, you know, what our kind of interpretations are. So what, what do you think this song is about? Yeah. For this, I, I had a little help from, a friend okay almost almost family for me um like when when you tell me okay let's let's do this let's record a podcast for those of you um i immediately hit up a almost cousin okay i said hey i'm gonna do this He's, he's one of the few people I, I know that likes GC. So I was like, hey, I need your help. I'm going to do a podcast on this GC song. And he's like, oh, yeah, the full intro. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, yeah. And I don't know, we, it was, we were debating it for hours, like what it really was. Mm-hmm. We never reached <laughs> a conclusion, but... We think like it's either like taking it like literally, like they try to build a, a story for the song, like nothing special, like just the story of uh, someone that lost their loved one and they made the story for, for the mm-hmm, song and mm-hmm. made the lyrics. Or if it was all. I don't like allegorical, like yeah. the ghost of you is the, I don't know, the memory of a relationship with someone. Like yeah. that, those are the two things that we conclude, like it's either yeah. that or that. Like there's no other way to, yeah. to put it. Well, like. I, I will say, so when we, when we read some of these comments uh, from fans a little later on, there's one other thing we're going to bring up, one other interpretation that, Actually, no, there's okay. there's two other interpretations kind of uh, that I found from fans that I'm really eager to dive into, but we're going to hold off on those. But <laughs> I will say, yeah, like just like you, like the two main ones that stuck out to me were like, it's either about essentially it's either about like death or a breakup. Like is the the you is this a person who died or someone that they've broken up with? Um, I feel like. My, my instinct is kind of like, you know, he says, save this empty space next to me like it's a grave. To me, I interpret that as like, 
he's using death and loss and grief as a as an allegory or a metaphor for how painful the breakup yeah. is um versus no i i want to be like buried in a grave with you um but yeah i think it's you know just whatever the interpretation is or whatever it's about i think it's very clearly about just like missing someone and and feeling kind of haunted by the memories and the fact that they're not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Like in general, that's, that's his rave about it. Yeah. And yeah, that, I was going to say, yeah, like there's a lot of like metaphors about death. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe they did it or Billy did it because yeah. Goth. Goth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the golden age of, emo stuff and being a little edgy with lyrics. Yeah. So I don't I, I I think it's the yeah, it's the uh the breakup thing. Like it's a breakup and I don't know the character here in, in the lyrics is being a little dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> A little, just a little, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit, yeah, just a smidge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, he's definitely being dramatic, and you know, as as we think about like genre of the song, I feel like this is such an interesting one to discuss because it's like, well, like, is it pop punk? Is it goth? Is it emo? Like, uh, there was a review. I I don't think I have this included in the notes, but. Billboard did a review of this album, like in the print magazine, and they called it New Wave. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I'm like, I don't know, like, it definitely has a lot of goth influences, but like, I don't know, can we say that a song is goth? Like, is goth a genre of music? What do you think? I mean, if you say just goth, maybe not, but if you say, I don't know, goth rock or goth mm -hmm. metal like then okay. that makes sense but here i think it's i don't know it's it's taken from like a lot of places like are you you i will say that this song is a little gothy with with the instrumentation like having all the organs to yes, add drama to it, like, like to the sound like we, if you have organs, this like it helps you bring a little goth spice to, to the music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know, like also, oh, they say new wave. It kind, it kind of makes sense. Like going, like, yeah, kind of off, kind of like the cure or, yes, I don't know what, what are, Bands in that style, and those sushi Maybe and the, the Banshees, the Smiths, the Smiths, which we all Smiths, know Joel yeah. Madden is a big Morrissey fan. So, um, yeah, like stuff like maybe like I think in this case you will call it like something like post punk, maybe like early mm, early okay. post punk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like your comparison to like the Cure, the Smiths, because you know, the the Cure definitely I get sort of like a goth vibe, but also like a very emotional 
vibe. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely a fitting comparison. Um, in, in terms of comparisons, I would say like, I don't think, and I'm, I'm curious what you think. There's not really any other songs that I think of when I think of this, like by, by other artists, but I do feel like we have to mention that around this time, I think in 2003, my chemical romance also had a song called the ghost of you. Um, I don't think the two yeah. songs really sound like <laughs> at all alike other than they're, you know, have similar themes, but I don't think they really sound alike, but similar themes, same title. A lot of people liked both of those bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Will, there's there's another, we have a yeah. little quote about the My Chemical Romance song that's coming a little later, and I, I think it's very fun. Um, in terms of backstory, um, I tried to find interviews where they talked about you know, this song or what inspired it. I, I couldn't really find anything. Um, but we do have a lot of reviews mm. coming up. So I'm, I'm excited to read the reviews because they're pretty fun. Um, Simone, do you have any memories or stories that you want yeah. to share about Ghost of You? Well, uh, when I first heard the song, like I heard the flute mm -hmm. intro and I, I had a flute nearby. I think it was my sister's when she was starting uh, elementary school. Because mm -hmm. I don't know if it's in the in the U.S. They, all, they also do it, but when you're in elementary school or in kindergarten, like they make you play the recorder. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think third grade, we had to learn recorder. That was mandatory. Okay. Uh, at least here in Colombia, back in my days, you, you'll play the, the recorder up to fifth grade. Okay. No, not sure why, but I don't know. First grade to fifth grade, you're playing the recorder. Not sure what, but they did it. And I don't know. I, I had my sister's recorder like by my side at the moment and I try to play it by ear. Yes. I think I think that's the only time I've been successful at playing something by ear. Oh my fast. god. <laughs> I I I have a similar story um which is that I played the flute um from like 4th through 7th grade um and so I was in eighth grade when this album came out uh, and I wasn't like really playing anymore, but just, you know, once in a while, but I wasn't like in the school band anymore. Um, and I, I just think of like trying to play the intro to this on my flute. And like, I think I like looked up the sheet music or, or you know, the guitar tab to like try to figure out what notes it was and like spent a while, you know, trying to just play by ear and figure out the notes and I don't think I got it but I had a lot of fun trying <laughs> it's always fun like when you are just like okay I'm gonna try play this and try 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 like yeah yeah challenge yourself to do something by ear yeah it's always fun yeah it takes me a while but it's always fun yeah exactly <laughs> and um, you mentioned uh my chemical romance Ghost of You. Yeah. And funny story is when I, I'm, I'm not sure which one 
came out first? My Chemical Romance came out first because that album came out in 2003 and this one came out in 2004. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I was listening to Three Tears for Sweet Revenge. Okay, good. Like those of you, very emotional, very strong song. Yeah. And I think I got Chronicles of Life and Death. My mm. dad gifted to me. I think. Oh, my dad also like bought Chronicles a, for me. Yeah, he. My dad came from a business trip, and yeah, here I know you like good Sherlock. So oh. here you have, and that that was my first GC album that I had physically. I was like. This is yes. my treasure. Yeah, 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 yeah. At the moment, like at that moment, GC was like my favorite band, my favorite band, and I was like, my treasure, my treasures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, I started listening, and I wouldn't like I had a sheet covering uh, the song names, and I okay, first song, go, boom, uh, and okay, that's the name of the song, okay. Next song, and I will uncover, like, with each song, I will uncover the song name. And then I hear the flute. Okay, next song, Ghost of You. What? <laughs> Is this a cover? Is Cheesy covering right, right. MCR? I was like, okay, let's listen. And I'm like, listening to the flute, listening to the whole intro, and like, I don't think this is a cover. Okay, let's wait for the lyrics. And boom, in comes the lyrics. And I'm like, okay, this is not the cover. What the hell? <laughs> Why are they two songs named the same and not the same? I, th I think for me, that's the first time I had something like that. Like, same name, different song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Never happened to me before. <laughs> yeah. I so I I didn't hear My Chemical Romance until after this album came out, but I definitely remember hearing the My Chemical Romance album and being like, "Wait, wait, what? Like they have a song with the same name? What?" <laughs> Which is I really think funny. Everyone had that reaction. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure everyone. I'm sure everyone had that reaction. Well, exactly. That's like a lot of people that like My Chemical Romance around then also were into Good Charlotte around then. So it, it makes sense. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like to talk about other Good Charlotte songs a track sort of relates to or that have similar themes. Um, I mean, I had a couple written down here, but were there any that come to mind for you? Well... I'm not sure, like any. I know any kind of breakup-ish song they have. That I will relate to because of you, but I'm not sure. Uh, that's the thing I, I have that I don't really listen to the lyrics. Like you're, not, you're very I don't into like the, the lyrics, the arrangement and the the production. Yeah, and that that's been something I've always had. Mm -hmm. since forever i don't pay attention to lyrics ever like the last thing i listen to it's lyrics so i don't know i don't have like a lyrical connection uh okay. ghost of you with any other gc song but 
yeah, like I would say like any any breakupy song. Yeah. I think I, I will relate musically. None. I know. <laughs> I I feel like to me the two that specifically came to mind were emotionless, which you know talks yeah. about this this pain of of being left behind. Someone has left, and and how much that that hurts. And then stray dogs, which is kind of like I don't want you to leave me behind. Like please don't leave me behind. Like I'm I'm a stray dog without you. Like don't 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 leave me behind. Was Stray Dogs also a Billy song? Because I don't, I don't do. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Stray Dogs was one of the twins, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure who kind of like wrote the lyrics for that off the top of my head. Okay, it's I don't. Know, it's a weird metaphor. I feel like a Stray Dog. Oh, yeah, weird. I think it's like what what we came up with in that album or in that episode with Isabella Aruda, who just really, really, really sweet, lovely girl. Um, but we kind of came up with was that it being a stray dog is like just feeling like like someone has just like tossed you aside and just feeling like alone and without a home. And mm. how that relates to that song is like if your partner leaves you, you will feel like they've just tossed you aside and like, you don't have a home kind of. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is definitely an interesting metaphor. Um, well, let's, uh, yeah. let's talk about some of the reviews from the, for this song. <laughs> Cause some of the reviews for this song were, I, I don't know. I had a lot of fun reading them. Um, Okay. Rolling Stone gave the album a two out of five and said, Jesus. it seems they had too big a recording budget at their disposal. Those straight ahead rockers such as SOS and Walk Away pack greater emotional wallop than Good Charlotte's previous bubblegum punk. The Madden Twins and Co. junk up several songs with unnecessary flourishes such as the string parts on Predictable or the New Order-ish synths on Ghost of You. Somewhere underneath all the slick production, a handful of truly great gut punch melodies fight their way to the surface. Okay. <laughs> Which is like, that's like, so they're basically saying that like all of the stuff that, that, you know, both you and I have noted as, as really making this song great, like the synths and the, the organs, the flute and the, the effects, they're saying, no, bad, make it simple. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking at what New Order is because the name doesn't ring a bell. Mm -hmm. And it seems like it's like an, a continuation of Joy Division. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a continuation of Joy Division. So, okay, now, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think it's a fair yeah. comparison. Um, Stylist Magazine gave the album a 6 out of 10 or a B minus. Like, it, they kind of gave it both. Um, they said they've swapped The Clash and Minor Threat for The Cure and Morrissey, which we were just <laughs> talking about. 
defiant cultural commentary for morose internal reflection. This isn't entirely unrewarding. Moony anthems like Ghost of You and The World is Black are as memorable and dreamily melodic as songs from Vauxhall and Disintegration, respectively, only with more aggressive arrangements. Okay. Yeah. Um, Space City Rock. I have to say, like, I, I, I pulled up this review from Space City Rock just as I was, like, searching, yeah. like, Googling Good Charlotte, Ghost of You album reviews. Um, and like my boyfriend was in the room and I was like, oh my God, Jonathan, I just found this review. That's mean. It's like a pretty mean review, but it's like kind of funny how it's written. I I got a lot of a kick out of this one for sure. So space city rock said, sadly, the genre jumping doesn't always work so well. The following track ghost of you incorporate some distracting synths that make what would otherwise be a decent song sound like one of those cheesily dramatic melancholy 80s synth pop tunes and generally that ain't someplace you want to be think when in rome's the promise and you'll be close but i feel like joel was like they were like very much intensely going for like dramatic melancholy 80s synth pop tunes like you know morrissey and and the cure and everything i feel like that was definitely like exactly what they were trying to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think it's funny it's really funny and you know like i in a way like i i'm into this this review because in general i don't like 80s music like in general 80s music i don't like especially like post-punk and like all that the cure like joy division like i like that kind of stuff the post-punk stuff i'm not into but i do like when stuff has elements from post- yeah, post-punk gotcha. okay okay so i don't I'm, I'm like i kind of like hmm, that will be me but meaner <laughs> right well they're they're saying that like oh they're they're making some observations about the song and then they're deciding that those observations are bad yeah yeah that's weird yeah okay <laughs> um next up we have entertainment weekly who gave it a b plus modest moshers are only a fraction of their repertoire now Instead, they're a surprisingly awesome and diverse modern rock act capable of aching new wave sob stories, Ghost of You, Mopey Emo, Secrets, and lots of angst-ridden suburban, I'm sorry, I'm like, I can't read this without laughing, (laughs) and lots of angst-ridden suburban suburban breakup punk, Aiden aided by the fact that lead yelper joel madden always sounds as if someone just ran over his dog okay this is most creative description (laughs) i have for right right (laughs) what (laughs) there there was a review from e online that was quoted on Metacritic, but the link to the actual review was broken. So take mm. with this what you will. I, I cause I don't have the actual like official link. Um, I yeah. just have like what Metacritic Metacritic. I don't know if you're familiar, but it, it they like aggregate reviews from all different websites and 
kind of determine, okay, these five websites gave a very positive review. Three websites gave it a very negative review. Six websites gave it a neutral review and kind of give it like an overall score. Um, so it's definitely helpful in research because I can kind of just easily sort of easily pull like positive and negative reviews of the albums. Um, yeah. So, so this is from E online. <laughs> they said pulling off the tricky balancing act of aiming for mainstream success while keeping one's street cred intact songs like ghost of you and predictable abandon the band's mall rat roots in exchange for more mature influences like U2 and muse. Mall rat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I agree on the YouTube part, yeah. not on the Muse side. Yeah, I, I don't agree on Muse either. I will say, I think Billy talked about some Muse song being an influence for Where Would We Be Now? But like Joel has even said that like U2 was an influence for, I think, like We Believe, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I will say like, Definitely because my dad is a big YouTube fan. I actually went with my dad for the Joshua Tree, like the, I know, anniversary. Okay. I think they had a few years ago. Like we went to to concert here in, in Colombia, in Bogota. Wow. And yeah, we experienced that together. And yeah, my dad is a big YouTube fan. And one of, his favorite GC songs is, yeah, we believe. There we go. There because we go. Because, yeah, you too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he, I, I'm remembering, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember where this interview was, but like we had in the notes for that episode on We Believe, like Joel even literally said that like he was trying to write like his version of a U2 song, basically. I, th I think that was it. Um, well, next up, we have a little quote from Plugged In, which is the like entertainment site from Focus on the Family. So they're, you know, we've, we've talked about them before, but to anyone who doesn't remember, it, basically Plugged In is a website that kind of evaluates entertainment from books, movies, TV shows, music, and kind of decides if it's like family essentially friendly that it, or not. Well, family friendly and, and specifically if it's like appropriate for good Christian children. Um, yeah. So, and anything that's like talks about like not believing in God or something, you know, or being angry at God, you know, usually they, they don't like. So they cited this song under objectionable content. Uh, so basically anything that's like bad, it's not appropriate. They said the singer misses awaking with his lover, which I don't really know what's objectionable about that unless. Oh. Unless they're saying that, like, it's not okay to talk about missing someone or if they're saying that, like, I mean, this is maybe a stretch, but a lot of people that are very religious, which plugged in is a very religious website, a lot of people that are very religious, you know, would say you shouldn't share a bed with someone until you're married. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's the angle here. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what they found objectionable about missing waking up next to your lover i mean like if we're talking like very conservative religious people yeah i mean 
they say lover and not partner or uh, yeah. fiance or I know Hot, wife, husband, you know, yeah. wife, whatever, just lover. Lover Maybe sounds scandalous. Yeah. 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 They also, like, I, I really like mild profanities, mar several tunes. Like, are they, are there profanities in the song? Yeah, I don't think there's any profanities in this song. Like, I'm looking at the lyrics right now. Yeah, no, no profanities in this song anyway. Okay. Yeah, but they, I know. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, next piece we're going to quote is, um, this is a piece that has, I've mentioned a bunch of times on the show before. Um, and I, I really encourage everyone to just go read this. It's, it's wonderful. Um, it's from medium.com. It's an article called good Charlotte revival, the chronicles of a young and hopeless love affair by Guara Shakar. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and it's just a, a girl talk, a woman talking about, you know, her experience as a GC fan growing up. So it's, it's really, really, really nice read. Um, and I, I read the whole thing and I was like, there, there's just so many like little bits in there that I'm like, I get this. I understand this. Uh, and she says, Jennifer is obsessed with My Chemical Romance. We devise a nightmarish mashup of two very different songs called The Ghost of You. <laughs> um, the, the next article I want to mention, it's not an album review and it's not even mostly about Ghost of You, but it's just like so funny because like, so this is from the Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They reviewed a show at the AJ Palumbo Center. And I, I just want to preface this by saying it's like very clear to me that like this person isn't like the target audience for Good Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe this person isn't even like, I, I'm like, have you like, 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 I don't know. I'll, I'll add more commentary in a second, but they said, <laughs> I'm probably going to laugh at this one too. A kid friendly and likable bunch. Good Charlotte set about reproducing straightforward versions of perky songs like SOS and Chronicles of Life and Death. But the villain in this horror show was the sound man who had the bass and drums cranked so incredibly loud. They just crushed the guitars and vocals. This comes at a time when Good Charlotte was trying to add nuance with the cure-like keyboard touches on The World is Black and Ghost of You. Um, and, and then later on, they say, maybe the next time Good Charlotte comes through, the band will bump up to an arena or stadium that can handle its need for sound. It's one thing to feel the music. It's another <laughs> thing to feel it rattle your bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just picturing this guy getting in on the back end of, of the crowd. I'm being like, yeah, there's not enough blues on this music. I'm I'm just like, I know. maybe you should have worn earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe you should have worn earplugs. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I, I mean, I wear earplugs to every concert. And hey, by the way, PSA to everyone. If you're going to concerts right now, if it's safe where you are to go to concerts, wear earplugs, wear earplugs, wear earplugs. Yeah. And a face mask, please. Oh, and a face mask. Yes, of course. And 
if you can test for COVID before you go, most, you know, websites are, are making it pretty easy to offer, you know, refunds or, or change tickets, um, just due to the situation. Yeah. Um, yes. Thank the, thank you for helping with that little PSA. Well, I, I want to read some YouTube comments. Uh, some of these are pretty intense. Um, <laughs> and I want to say, I, I, we're going to read some where people have talked about their own experiences and I don't say anything like this to make fun of everyone, to make fun of anyone ever. Um, but I think, you know, there, there's some humor I think to be found in like how Frank, some people are in like a YouTube comment. Um, especially because like th- these are all like old and you know, several years ago. And, and I, I certainly know that there's like things that I like wrote on MySpace when I was like 13, you know, like when this album came out, there was like stuff I wrote on MySpace that if I looked at now, I'd be like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, that's so embarrassing. Absolute cringe. So yeah, I, I guess I am kind of making fun of it a little bit, but I, I do want to say, of course, anyone who's shared experiences, like, look, your, your, your experiences are valid, but some of these are just in, intense, so I, I want to read them. Um, we'll start off with Tashina Dewey, who said, I cannot believe I rem- remember all the words after years. I wish they still sang this way. Um, and, and to preface, I'm about to read one. I'm about to read two that are pretty intense. And I want to say, like, I share these two to also, like, I think help add different perspectives to how we interpret and discuss the song. Because when yeah. people say, I relate to this song for this reason, that, that can give like another way to another way to understand the song, I think. Gigi T. Brooks said, Ugh, bring back so many memories. One of my best friends who I had a crush on died when I was 15, just when we were starting to get closer. This song reminds me of her. Okay, that changes everything. Like, yeah, wow, right. I I I totally get how that could uh, that situation. You you could relate to this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, death by irony said. I, I'm not even gonna read this whole thing, but they said to my ex-boyfriend, you don't love me anymore, but I still love you. I miss you every fucking day. I don't know why I wasn't good enough for you. Um, now all I have is a ghost of you and I wish you'd come back. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, as we talked about that, this song might be about a breakup. I mean, yeah. Like someone who's, who's going through a breakup like that, I think could, could really relate to this. Yeah, and it was a bad ba- breakup. Like, what the what the lyrics make me think is like it was a real, real good relationship. Something happened, mm-hmm. and the breakup was really bad. And now, yeah, there was that person is hurt, very hurt. There was some. I'll mention this before we go back to some YouTube comments, but. There's there was a thread I linked this uh, later in the notes, but there was a thread on Reddit about good Charlotte yeah. songs about depression, and someone mm. mentioned this song, and I feel like that's I I 
I don't know why I hadn't thought of it in that light, but I think that's an interesting idea because, you know, of of course, like not everyone who goes through a breakup experiences, you know, clinical depression, but the, the pain that the narrator of this song is experiencing and expressing in the lyrics, like that's, that's like something's going on, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm guessing, like, this person, when they wrote it, they were, I don't know, maybe 16 if they were really old. Right. So, yeah, like, it will make sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Being a teenager. Dramatic. Yeah. Always. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, well, I'm going to read two more YouTube comments and then we'll move on to some comments from song meetings. Um, okay. Ross Stewart said, I always found it weird how they brought out two happy-go-lucky punk music and then they brought out an album that isn't really a happy album. Always wondered why you would think people will become more happy as they became more successful. Either they had their reasons or they were following the trend, which was the beginning of the emo era. Guess I'll never know. Hmm. I I have a little insight into this, actually, because I remember from some interviews talking about Chronicles and not so much the interviews when Chronicles came out, but like more of the retrospective stuff. They, with both The Young and the Hopeless and Chronicles, Joel has talked about like, with The Young and the Hopeless, like, they're after after the self-titled their label wanted them to put out something like even more poppy and they were like no let's do something angsty and then they did the young and the hopeless and the label wanted them to put out something like poppy again and they were like no and it was kind of like an f you to do this like angry album (laughs) And, and, and you know he i i know he you know there's a song like the truth for example which is another like breakup song on this album right so you know, clearly there, there seems to be some things that were going on, but I, I, I do find a little humor in the fact that they were like, no, we don't want to do a happy album. Let's do like a sad album. <laughs> um, the final. No, okay. Uh, can, I, yeah. can I make a little like parenthesis there? Yes. You just mentioned the truth and I just remembered, uh, I was watching the, Oh, I forgot the name. Uh, the GC documentary while they are in Japan. Fast Future Generation. Fast Future Generation. Thank you. There, there's a little moment like I think Benji is. Was it Benji? I think it was Benji. Wasn't noticing uh, someone filming him, and he was playing the truth on guitar and mm. like by himself, like. And I don't know, like. It gave it a different feel. Yeah. Like playing wow. it on guitar. Like I, I was like, why didn't they do it on guitar? It works better. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I need to go back and watch that again. I have the DVD. Yeah. Same. I, that DVD, I, I think I got to enjoy it more now as an adult because mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. got it and i was still a teen i was expecting i don't know a concert 
I, I had no idea. Like when I saw it, I said, "Ooh, good Charlotte." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea it was a documentary. And at the moment, I didn't care about the documentaries at all. So I was like, "Nah, boring. No concert." Bye. Yeah. And fair. yeah, recently I grabbed it and was like, "Okay, let's watch it." And I like, "No, this is cool." Yeah. Amazing. Well, the last YouTube comment I'm gonna read is I just think it's perfect. Um, Empolo18 said Bella Swan's theme from New Moon. So, Simone, <laughs> have you like are you familiar with the Twilight series? Like, do you know what happens in New Moon? I don't know. I just know the name of the books and and the movies, but <laughs> so in, in no, I am not in in New Moon. Um, I mean, I guess spoiler alert, but New Moon has been out for a long time, so you know. If you don't want me to spoil New Moon, then anyone listening can skip ahead like a minute or so. Um, in New Moon, Edward leaves and he's gone for months and Bella is just like sad and depressed and lonely, like constantly. And there's there's like a page of the book that's like, you know, it's like January. It just says January on the page, February, March. And like in, in the movie, there's like a montage of her just like sad and depressed and staring out the window. Um, so I, I do think that this song actually really does fit, you know, Bella Swan it in, in New perfectly. Moon. It works just, perfectly. I'm just picturing the actress. I forgot her name. I'm just picturing the actress. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Lu- Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Looking for the window. A ghost yeah. of you playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it would be perfect. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about songmeetings.com. So it, some of the kind of themes I found in the comments on the song meetings were two things. Did Billy write the song or did Benji and Joel co-write it with Billy? And the really low singing at the very end of the song, is that Benji or Billy or I Joel? Was, I was going to mention that. Yeah. What, I, what I, do you I think? I was going to mention that. Is, uh, who is it? Not, I'm not sure which one is it but i was gonna mention like i think this is the lowest singing i've heard on good charlotte i can't think of any song going that low yeah i mean they are singing it like whispered like close to the microphone so yeah 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 because it's so airy it sounds a little a little higher than it really mm-hmm. is but mm-hmm. it's, yeah 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 it's real low yeah that's a really good observation that the, the airiness of it. Well, the airiness of, of that last line almost adds to the like ghost and, and haunted feeling, I think. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's that's something to ponder, listeners. You know, who was it that that sang, sings at the very end of this song? I know. I mean, you're the better one at saying if it's Banjo or or Joe. It, it it sounds like in the lines like before, I think I definitely hear Benji in like the last chorus. Um, like a ghost of you is all that I have left, all that I have left of you to hold. Benji has like a raspiness to his voice that Joel doesn't doesn't really have. So I hear Benji very clearly there. But then the last two lines, I wake in the night to find there's no one there but me and nothing left of what we were at all. That might be Benji. I think it's Benji. I think think it's benji i think he just like really went low into his register 
but I could be wrong. I don't know. Hmm. Because I don't, I, I don't think I have ever heard Billy's voice. Yeah. Either singing or speaking. I don't know his voice, so can't say if, if it's him or not. Yeah. Well, let's, let's read some comments from song meanings. Um, Cause there's a few like interpretations here that people have uh, that I think are, are pretty intriguing. A user by the name of broken says where it says, and nothing left of what we were at all. It makes me think it's about a split couple and the bits about ghosts. I don't think are literal. And yep. then chemical addiction said, I think it means that he's thinking of a past loved one and seeing all the pictures make him think the person is still there inside the walls of the home and his mind. Now, here's one I, had, I hadn't thought of. And, and again, I want to preface this by saying uh, it, I, I never want to get to a place on this show where we're like, hmm, like which specific person was a song written about and what was the exact situation in their personal life? And that, that led to a song. I don't really think that's fair. And, and I don't want to feel like that's what we're doing. I do think this is an interesting interpretation because it's just another way of interpreting the things that are expressed here, the emotions that are, are in the song. And it's just like a, a different interpretation of some of that than I think a lot of people initially took from the song. So GC Guitar Freak 27 said, I think this song might be about Benji and Joel's dad because while it's about someone leaving and the line that says nothing left of what we were at all, I think that might be about how their family was ruined by it and it wasn't the same after he left. Just a thought I could be wrong, but I, I think it makes more sense than a breakup. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I, I think I, it, will, it will make sense. Yeah, it, it could be, you know, and I, I mean, who knows, you know, and I don't think it necessarily matters like who it, who the song was written about, you know, um, but, you know, whether it was like their dad or like a former girlfriend or, or whoever, but, I think that's an interesting interpretation. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, like it's easy to assume that like every song is like about a romantic situation, but it isn't necessarily right. Like you can express emotions and you can have emotions about like relationships and people that aren't necessarily like romantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, Last uh, thing from songmeetings.com that I'm going to read is from Callier. Callier? I don't really know how to say that. Um, they said, I think this song could be about someone dying or breaking up, but I think it's also like someone, one of his friends, becoming a ghost of their former selves for whatever reason. Grief, drugs, abuse, etc. I've had that happen to me. One of my close friends seemed to almost waste away. Turns out she was in an abusive situation and she got help, but it still scared the hell out of us. Okay, that's a twist and makes a lot of sense. Right? That's I like I never took that interpretation, but that I think that also makes a lot of sense. And I I think there's some element of like 
if you've been in that situation, well, that's what you're going to take from the song, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really cool how people have just so many different interpretations of what's going on here, but, but it all, you know, it all relates to essentially the pain of, of losing someone, um, in whatever way that loss is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, here it makes a lot of sense, like losing connection with someone because of something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a kind of a similar situation uh, right now. Mm-hmm. A friend, she has a little, uh, she's obsessive with with having good grades. She studies medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, she will disappear for mm. months and months because she will be like sunk with books, studying. And yeah, like kind of like a, she's obsessed with having good grades, like having a four and a half out of five wow. for her is like, I failed. I failed and she beats herself up because I didn't get close enough to five. Hmm. Oh, and she also like on she, she she also has like some personal stuff like that goes on. And yeah, she will like for months and months and months on end, she will not appear mm-hmm. like at all. That's and so tough. I know. Yeah. Like, and it's it's kind of weird because you try to reach and hmm, nothing like yeah. I don't want to use the I, I don't want to say like she's ghosting everything everyone because I, I don't know I think it's no I, I don't like that a turn like ghosting people well it sounds like in, it, intentional and it, it like what you're saying it doesn't sound like your friend is like intentionally trying to leave anyone behind. Like, yeah, she just is kind of wrapped up in, in everything she has going on. It sounds like. Yeah. And I don't like, I, I, I think that will be not my, now I want to think that that's what the song is really about. Like mm, someone okay. because of a situation, like they've lost connection with, yeah. this person and that's what the song is about yeah i, don't I wanna think that's i like that interpretation like, a lot yeah and it's almost more powerful to me than like oh it's about like his ex-girlfriend yeah yeah it makes it makes the song a little bit less cliche with the lyrics yes maybe. absolutely <laughs> absolutely well I, uh, last thing I want to do before we wrap things up, Simon, I want to read just real quick, a couple, um, customer reviews from amazon.com. Some (laughs) of these are kind of funny. So Zoe, her review was titled good Charlotte's mature side. She gave the album five out of five and she gave this song three out of five. She said, I've come to like this song a lot. The words are absolutely beautiful. They're very poetic. The tune is sort of creepy, but it grows on you. P. Woods, uh, their review was titled Different But Still Brilliant, also gave it five out of five and gave this song nine out of ten. Said, it sounds dark, but it's quite fun and a light song. Strong use of keyboards in the chorus. (laughs) 
Um, Greg said, finally, a fair and even-handed review, gave it four out of five, and said, Ghost of You incorporates Euro disco synth and a horror movie organ. Um, And then my favorite, my favorite review here was Jay Han, who's like the the headline of, of their review was just Good Charlotte, question mark. They gave this song a three and said, um, dark and haunting, not real good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I cracked up over that one too. Well, Simone, this has been wonderful. How, how has Ghost of You held up for you over time? Over time, I think I enjoy it better now than back then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure why. why. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe because there's a lot of like nice uh, arrangement stuff sprinkled over the song that now that I studied music and understand you, you things much it. better, yeah. I appreciate it much better mm-hmm. and yeah like there's a lot of nice details like scattered around yeah and yeah like as a kid or teen like oh uh, yeah organ nice now i'm like hmm okay now this is interesting what they are doing with the organ blah, 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 exactly blah, blah. yeah yeah well what has good charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed okay uh when i first heard butcher a lot i was like okay oh, now they're my favorite and that stayed like that for quite a while mm-hmm. um there was a moment in my life that i started changing like the music i like Okay. It's stayed in the it stayed in the realm of rock, but now I wasn't much into like the pop punk or post hardcore mm, okay. side of things, and it started shifting towards heavier music and more weird experimental stuff. Okay. But just a couple bands from my childhood remained there, so Good Charlotte remained there, but very rarely I listen to yellow card remained there uh what else thrice remained okay. there I'm trying to remember what other bands from my childhood hey AFI has always been there and I started listening to AFI uh thanks to uh some cousins because they had like the more hardcore albums okay like before uh sing the sorrow i think it's called yeah yeah before they they started getting a little more i i don't want to say poppy but a little more quote unquote mainstream okay like not not so harsh that makes sense, yeah. And I can't remember, but 
yeah, I started listening to much heavier stuff, more weirder stuff, and yeah, Dutcher Lot remained there a little bit. And fairly recently, I was like starting to get back to my pop punk roots and my post hardcore roots. And now I'm listening to Dutcher Lot like maybe once a week. I, I play an album. I think like what helped me get back to them was like I had stuff I had no idea Generation RX existed. Wow. I was like, okay, let's let's see what GC has been up to. And I'm like, oh, new album. I oh saw the I saw the playlist and I saw uh, Sam Carter, like the guy from Architect. Architect, yeah, Sam Carter. I was, yep. like, I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And I played it and I was like, fuck, this is good. And yeah, I started getting back and I found Generation GEC. Yeah, and here you are. Yeah. I love it. Well, Simone, do you have any last words about Ghost of You, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? Mm, no, not really. I think. I think I've already said everything I I have about uh, the song and the future a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, I only hope they come up with something new so they start touring and I can see them live in Canada. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> well, I have a Generation GC and Friends Spotify playlist. So we include, you know, the song that we talk about. So we'll put Ghost of You. And then I like to do a recommendation from our guests. So can you just give me a song that just anything you've been enjoying lately that's not good, Charlotte? Well, I I wanted to give a shout out to Colombian bands, but like something like in the realm near GC, but I don't know, like they don't quite make it like they're like, ah, they're lacking something. So I'm not going to go that way. Okay and just for fun let's have my chemical romance goes of you perfect perfect <laughs> great choice so great choice can't go wrong um so i also like to ask my guests for a charity or organization that they believe in so we can encourage listeners to donate or support what what's a, a charity that you would like people listening to this to support well, not any charity in particular, but uh, anything aiding uh, people of special needs, mm -hmm. like financial, like people like, that are having, uh, yeah, low income people having uh, mental health uh, support that, that I will definitely point towards too. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a great cause and like, I can certainly speak of, of in the U.S. that, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the healthcare marketplace makes it so that you can get insurance even if your job doesn't provide it. But, you know, I get insurance to the marketplace and, and the costs of, of especially of mental health care and like assessment for mental health care and medications, like it, it can definitely add up. And, you know, if if you're a low-income person and you don't have insurance, that's that's tough. 
that's tough. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. I think that's great. I will, uh, you know, I'll look around, I'll, I'll see if there's like a specific, you know, organization that we can encourage people to donate to, or just any resources we can find just to, to share with, with, you know, anyone listening who is low income and who, you know, needs some mental health treatment. I think that's great. So really thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. So as, as we wrap up, Simon, thank you so much for coming on. Um, what, what is your social media? Like where can people find you online? Well, right now, the only uh, social media I use is Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like I decided to close Facebook and Twitter and all that mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I didn't use them. So, uh, you can find me at, at Simon dot tres palacios, but the tres like number three. And my name's Simon with an X because just because. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not doing much uh, musically right now. I have some stuff there, but yeah, it's more, more like ambient music, experimental stuff. Like, and I only have one track out there. Okay. So yeah, I'll, I share it to you, Molly, and I don't put up links on sure, the description. Yeah. Perfect. Simon, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Last time at the end of 2021, we talked about Hold On from the Young and the Hopeless. On our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Good Morning Revival. My name is Molly Huddleston once again, and as always, I'm your host as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this show. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen and to check out, you know, follow it for new updates and, and reviews. And please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate it, leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in and please make sure to spread the word, tell all your friends, and we can make the Generation GC fam even bigger. Talk to you next time.